and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I will be exploring the themes behind Amazon Prime's 2021 horror drama, Them. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I'm just going to rant about it for about 15 minutes, give or take. This will include some spoilers, so please beware. I really struggled to get through this show and almost gave up after episode one or two. But then I saw the discourse on social media and got really curious because it got quite an interesting response from audiences. It is described as an anthology series that explores terror in America. This first season is set in the 1950s and centers around a black family who moved from North Carolina to an all-white Los Angeles neighborhood. Their idyllic home then becomes ground zero, where malevolent forces next door and otherworldly threaten to taunt, ravage, and destroy them. So that's the blurb straight from Amazon Prime. And, you know, it sounds potentially interesting, right? It's executive produced by Lena Waithe, who, you know, is a baby girl at 37, an American screenwriter, producer, and actress. She is the creator of the Showtime drama series The Shy and the BET comedy series Boomerang and Twenties, all of which I have never seen. But she also wrote and produced the 2020 crime film Queen and Slim, which I did watch and I hated, so maybe Lena Waithe is just not my cup of tea. She gained recognition for her role in the Netflix comedy drama series Master of None and became the first black woman to win the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series in 2017. She was also included in Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in 2018. So, you know, she's making moves, she's doing well, but there have been questions around whether there is room for this kind of storytelling, especially from a black creator. And I'm talking specifically about them. Unfortunately, a lot of people have described it as a pound shop, budget, dollar store derivative of Jordan Peele's Get Out. (laughs) The shade of it all. Now, having watched it, I thought, you know, let's talk about it. This isn't meant to be some highbrow critique. I'll just give you what the pros and cons were from my perspective. And you can judge for yourself if this is watching or let me know if you enjoyed it. So for the pros, from a storytelling point of view, I suppose it depicts historically factual events. The show follows this family over a 10-day period when they move from North Carolina to Compton in LA and everything they have to deal with from their racist neighbors and basically documents a descent into madness because of how badly they're treated. This mirrors events from the Great Migration sometimes known as the Great Northward Migration or the Black Migration, which was the movement of six million African Americans out of the rural southern United States to the urban Northwest, Midwest, and West that occurred between 1916 and 1970. It was caused primarily by the poor economic conditions as well as the prevalent racial segregation and discrimination in the southern states where Jim Crow laws were upheld. Now, my own father was born in 1946, so this is actually fairly recent history because by the end of the 1950s when this movie is set, my father would have been in his teens. So that really gives you something to think about. So that's the first thing. 
It's a depiction of events that happened in recent history. The next thing is that black people are not a monolith. We don't all have to be Jordan Peele's. We don't all have to tell stories from the same lens. One of the things that people loved about Get Out was that it had a lot of depth. It had layers to it. It was cleverly executed and there was a degree to which it was empowering because it told the story from the black point of view. It centers blackness and black people. So in as much as it dealt with some very difficult themes, the consensus among black audiences is that they loved it. Which opened up the possibility of seeing more of these stories where horror as a genre is used to depict racial injustice and this can be elevated to an art form. The last thing I'll talk about in prose is that the casting was fantastic. Honestly, give these people their flowers. They certainly earned them. Starting with Deborah Ayurinde. She's the main female protagonist, Lucky Emery. I hadn't seen her before as far as I can remember, but she's been in quite a few films and TV shows like Girls Trip, Harriet, Sleepy Hollow, Luke Cage, and True Detective. She was born in London to Nigerian parents, but moved to the U.S. as a young girl. She is stunning, a dark-skinned black woman, and I look forward to seeing her in other shows because she did an amazing job in what must have been a difficult and painful role, but she did that. Ashley Thomas is the main male protagonist, Henry Emery. He's British as well, born to Jamaican and Dominican parents. And I also don't remember seeing him in anything else, but he's been in Black Mirror, Top Boy, and NYPD Blue. The thing I really enjoyed about his performance is he gave a really good portrayal of the trauma that black men in America, both historically and I suppose to some extent today, have to carry into everyday life. So the reason why the Emery's moved to Compton was, amongst other things, a really horrible thing that happened to his wife and child in North Carolina. But he had also landed a job as an engineer at a prestigious firm, the first black person in that role. He's also a veteran and has gone through some terrible things during what I believe was the Second World War, some of them directly tied to his experience as a black man. He never gets therapy or any other support as far as we can see and in fact we see scenes with him struggling with PTSD and his wife having to pull him back from the brink. Later on when she starts to unravel he has to be the pillar for her and he speaks to his daughters and explains that you know their mom is going through some stuff and they have to be there for her. So he's carrying all this trauma but has to carry on like everything is fine. He has to go into work every day and do his job. But of course, it doesn't work out because of all the insane events that unfold around them. I thought that his portrayal was absolutely spot on. Part of his performance includes a character called the tap dance man, who is straight out of a minstrel show depicting blackface and all the rest of it. He seems to be the embodiment of Henry's guilt over not protecting his family and I think the weight of racial injustice. He was just so very eerie and creepy and I think as a device he worked really well where other devices perhaps didn't work quite as well. The last person I'll mention is Shahadi Wright Joseph 
who plays their older daughter, Ruby Lee Emery. You would rec recognize her as the daughter from Jordan Peele's 2019 movie, Us, and she also voiced Nala in the 2019 musical adaptation of Lion King. She's really good as well. She's about 16, looks like she's going places and did a fantastic job. Right, so those are the pros. So <laughs> let's talk about the cons and where to begin. First of all, there were unrealistic portrayals that rang completely false. There is a scene where Lucky Emery has a confrontation with Betty, the main white antagonist, who is taunting her and calling her the N-word. So Lucky has had enough. So she storms over and slaps her out in the main street in front of the entire neighborhood. And then this jaunty music starts playing in the background, like it's a big mic drop moment, a moment of retribution. But watching it, it just didn't land for me. It seemed in unrealistic because black people didn't have the option to retaliate against harassment without swift and often fatal consequences. So the way it came across didn't strike any positive notes. I think it was supposed to elicit feelings of, you know, yes, finally, justice. But it just fell flat. And then the depiction of violence against this black family is gratuitous to the point of feeling exploitative. In episode 5, we are shown the events that were the final impetus for the Emery's to leave North Carolina. And it is this scene where Lucky is alone at home with her baby son, Chester, and her husband has taken his daughters to the movies. A white woman and two white men break into the house, rape Lucky, and kill the baby. Now, the portrayal of how the baby was killed, I think they called it cutting the bag, where the white woman puts the baby in a pillowcase and swings it round and round and thrashes it about, it's as horrible as it sounds and they showed it from start to finish i don't know if we needed to see it in that much detail but it was disgusting and horrible so in the end i had to ask myself like what was the purpose of this this show like what <laughs> what was the what was the reason the conflation with the supernatural and its use as an explanation for racism is confusing to say the least Episode 9 goes into the backstory of how the curse, which is a supernatural element of the show, was born. And the explanation feels very strange. An uncharitable reading might be that they were trying to explain away white people's complicity or responsibility for the horrors of racism. Racism isn't supernatural. So introducing a supernatural element as an exp explanation um, for the genesis of the history of racism in this town is just bizarre. The violence in that episode was also over the top with the black couple being blinded with hot pokers, being hung upside down and set on fire in a church. Just imagine that. And then there is a storyline that feels a bit forced and redundant. In episode four, we are introduced to the other black family in the neighborhood. Lucky goes to visit what turns out to be a seemingly insane black woman who has butchered her husband and kids. Again, the violence in that was very graphic. The wife had chopped off her husband's legs and put her twin babies in the oven. 
But when Lucky returns later, it seems none of it was real. We are kind of left wondering whether Lucky is just losing her mind. But in the next episode, we get the background to this other family. This is a couple that were the victims of a deliberate scam by banks to deliberately force down the price of houses in white neighborhoods by moving in black families at extortionate interest rates, eventually bankrupting the black families. It seems this drove her neighbor mad and suggests that the scene with the butchered family actually did happen and is perhaps a foreshadowing of what will happen to the Emery's because they were subjected to the same scam. That's how they they bought their house and moved into this Compton neighborhood. Now, was it an effective device? I'm, I'm not really convinced. I don't feel that it did much in terms of developing the story or the characters. I, I think that's debatable, but you know, you decide. I personally think that that time may have been better spent following the daughter's storylines as they navigate fitting in at racist schools. The resolution for Ruby Lee and Gracie felt very rushed and half-baked especially Ruby, who develops a deep self-hatred and begins to aspire to whiteness, an underexplored theme in the black psyche, but we really didn't get any of that. So overall, we didn't get a satisfactory resolution. And I'm not even talking about, you know, all the people get their comeuppance or whatever, but just something thoughtful and rewarding. Betty, the worst of the neighbors, is kidnapped and killed by her crush. And I suppose there is a delicious irony in the fact that she was so intent on hating an innocent black family that she completely missed the real monster that she was inviting to tea regularly. There was also something that could have been teased out about her monstrous parents because there were heavy hints that her father molested her and her mother was complicit and that she had a sham of a marriage as it is suggested that her husband is gay. But it was dealt with such a lightness of hand that it doesn't quite sing. Another of the terrible neighbors attempts to lynch Henry, but Henry and his girls overpower and shoot him, and Henry kills the corrupt cop who was complicit in the real estate scam. But it all feels very hollow. The worst of the worst, like the people that raped Lucky and killed Baby Chester, don't face any justice. The bankers don't face any justice. So the show ends with a climax that kind of lands like a lead balloon. Which is fine, maybe realistic, because justice isn't always served and is often denied in real life. But I guess if that's what you're looking for, maybe just watch a documentary. I don't know. Because this is supposed to be entertainment and it was anything but. So, would I recommend this show? No. The almost universally visceral reaction from black audiences was very much, literally, no one asked for this. This is not what black people mean when they say they want their stories told. This excessive show of the violence that their ancestors faced They just want their stories told in a way that centers black people and blackness and not this show which really does feel like it was written for the white gaze. No one needs this much negativity in their life. It's my personal conclusion. There was no real payoff. So not to be a stan, but Jordan Peele's Get Out gave us that. It birthed a new movement in pop culture. It introduced new ways for black people to express themselves with a sunken place and all the rest of it. He did that.
So that's pretty much my view on the show. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll be back for the next episode. Goodbye for now.